Hello, and welcome to Between the Stacks, a podcast created and produced by the Odell Public Library. I'm Emily Lenore. I'm Krista Mapes. Hi, everyone. I'm Gillian Larson. On this episode of Between the Stacks, we discuss books related to Black History Month, Tech Talk, an interview with a member of Odell's Board of Trustees, and Ask a Librarian. But first, some announcements. So we have a, a quick announcement about Storytime. It is still ongoing, so every Wednesday at 7 p.m. you can log on to our Facebook page and join Miss Katie as she reads a story and as she leads kids through a short activity before bedtime. We also have library cards for kids. Odell has set up an agreement with the Morrison Community School District that allows any kindergarten through 12th grade student that lives outside city limits to get a free library card. If you have any questions about this or would like to apply for a card, please give us a call or email us. And our Instagram challenge is still going on. All you have to do to participate in that is tell us what you like best about Odell on Instagram. So you can post your own picture with a caption, comment on our post, or direct message us. We will be announcing the winner in episode four, and the prize will be a Between the Stacks t-shirt, a 3D printing of the library, and $10 in chamber bucks. So up next is our main segment. Back in the summer of 2020, during the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement, we at Odell felt that it was necessary to make sure that Black authors and artists had a louder voice on our shelves and in our displays. These books are still relevant to what is happening today as we are entering Black History Month. We thought it might be helpful if we shared some books that we have read that pertain to Black History Month, ones that are rich in culture and detail featuring diverse characters. And I also wanted to kind of put out a quick disclaimer. Our goal is not to make anybody uncomfortable by talking about these books, but also it's 2021. We need to get comfortable talking about race, racial issues, and diversity. So Krista, I open the floor to you. What book or books have you read recently that pertain to Black History Month? So I have, okay, so this is a little disclaimer for me. I have not read this entire book. Oh, it's big. Do you want to thunk it against the table it, to, to, I mean, it's a thick one. It is thick. Like She's, she's a biggin. It's over 600 pages. It's thick. It is called The Annotated African American Folktales, edited with a foreword, introduction, and notes by Henry Louis Gates Jr. and Maria Tartar. Okay. Wait, who's Henry... Is he on PBS? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He has a okay. show. Is it Finding Your Roots, I believe? I think you yeah, have I roots. believe it's Finding Your Roots. Okay. And he's frequently and on the cover of the Family Tree magazine, which we get here at Odell. Ooh, okay. Yeah. He's great. And <clears throat> so why why did you have to read this? Or not have to, but why why did you choose this book? I chose this book because, well, first off, I had to read it for mm-hmm. school. I had a children's literature class, okay. and she had us read stories within this book, <clears throat> and I just loved it so much because I like folk tales. Okay, I really do. And this one particular story within it, I would like to not read it, but share at least the title with you guys. Mm-hmm. 
It is called The Maiden, The Frog, and The Chief's Son. And the title alone makes me think that it's going to be like Princess and the Frog. Mm -hmm. And Gillian, you know, I love Princess and the Frog. Oh, it is your favorite Disney movie ever. I love Princess and the Frog. I love it so much. Gotta get those <laughs> beignets. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I love that movie. And so I thought I was going to love this story just because it's like Princess and the Frog. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot more like Cinderella. Oh, okay. Me acting like I've never read it because she made me, she, I mean, she, I, literally, she slapped this book down in front of me at work one day and was like, read it! I and did. I did. And, I mean, everybody on staff really had a good time flipping through this whole book about yeah, all of I, these really good African folktales. Yeah, I made almost everyone on staff read. I haven't read any of it. Are you going to hand me the book? All right. There we go. I've got the book. <laughs> she's got the book now. She's going to read some of it. But I, I love it so much. And that one story is like Cinderella because mm -hmm. it has uh, stepsisters and a prince and not a, a princess, but a maiden mm -hmm. who goes to a party and there's a shoe. There is a shoe. I, sorry, I, I, couldn't, a shoe. I couldn't remember if there was a shoe, but there is a shoe involved, which okay. she loses mm -hmm. and... The chief's son finds it, finds it, and is kind of like, and has to find her with said shoe. Gotcha. And it has a bit more of a backstory after that. Right. But can I ask you um, a question? Yeah. Is this the first? I mean, I did did we kind of grab onto this fairy tale and kind of turned it into the modern Cinderella? I mean, what is this the first Cinderella so, story documented? Do you know or? So to be com. We, we did talk about this in my class. Mm -hmm. We are not certain if the African Americans created this story by themselves or if they got if they got input from like other European countries mm -hmm. or what have you. We're not certain. Okay. But we are certain that this particular story did originate from Africa. Okay. And that's really cool. yeah, and that's the goes for the same with the other stories that are in this mm -hmm. book as well. How many are there? <laughs> to be honest, I am not certain how many stories are in this. Okay, but there are a total of X means ten, right? Fifteen parts. Oh, holy cow! In this particular okay. book, and each one has roughly. Like six, six stories roughly. Okay. And each of its sections. So can I ask you one last question about this big book? Yes. Why did your teacher choose this book in particular for you all to read? So she had us read this book because it's a children's literature class, mm -hmm. folk tales deal with children's literature obviously mm -hmm. and because of the black lives matter movement mm -hmm. she was wanting to diversify her classroom and give us more african-american tales i think that's so, wonderful that's great i absolutely love this book so i'm really glad she did wonderful remembering krista <laughs> where can we find this book so you can find this book not at Odell, okay. but you can order it 
in our online catalog which is called which is called it's called encore the url is search.prairiecat.info and you can order it from there and i would recommend it so thank you krista why, why don't you tell us about the book that you just love oh man okay so i talked a little bit about this book in the last podcast but i i feel that it is very very relevant to our discussion today. It is called The Children of Blood and Bone. This is a young adult fantasy novel by Nigerian-American novelist Tony Adami. And I want to talk about a little bit why she wrote this book and a little bit um, on what inspired her and about it itself. So she had the desire to write an epic fairy tale with roots in West Africa. She also desired to respond to police brutality. So there was a whole bunch, as we know, police violence against black Americans, and it had a huge impact on Adami. And she wanted to escape the helplessness and fear she felt. At the end of this book, there is an author's note that I personally found very, very powerful. It makes ties to the Black Lives Matter movement. She did a very good job of kind of summarizing why she wanted to write this book. And I won't, I won't read it, I won't spoil anything, but it made me tear up a little bit, and I think it's, it's something that everybody needs to read. Adami drew inspiration from Yoruba culture and Western fantasy fiction like Harry Potter and Avatar The Last Airbender, and from both West African mythology and the Black Lives Matter movement, of course. She has also cited the books Shadow Shaper and An Ember in the Ashes as primary inspirations. Finally, Adami was also affected by the backlash against the black characters in the film The Hunger Games, and she wanted to write a story so good that even racists would want to read it. I love this book, truly. Like, I've read this book as well, mm -hmm. as you guys probably know from the last episode. Yeah. And I did not know she drew inspiration from Avatar, The Last Airbender, which, which is I, your favorite thing on planet Earth. Yeah, well, not my favorite thing on planet Earth, but I do really enjoy that cartoon <laughs> it's yeah. a cartoon and i enjoy harry potter and i've even read an ember in the ashes mm -hmm. and it really shows in the book that she drew inspiration it's, it's such a good book it it follows a young girl named zaylee and she lives in a small in a small tribe in a, in a larger kingdom where magic was once a, a part of everybody's daily lives so there are these people called the magi who have white hair and each of them kind of have magic powers given to them by some god or goddess in the West African culture. And Zaylee was born with white hair, and it follows her adventure to bring magic back to her country, to her kingdom. And it, ugh, it is such a good book. I, I really want to reread it, but there's a second one called The Children of Virtue and Vengeance, and I have that checked out right now, and I'm gonna start reading it soon. This series is so good, and I want everybody to know it, and everyone should read this book, and here, I'll thunk it against the table. <laughs> it's, it's about 530 pages of wonderfulness, and I think it's, it's, it's so socially relevant and beautiful. And so, Emily, that leads us to your book. Well, I should say books because you have three sitting in front of you, but what books uh, did you pick out that pertain to Black History Month? Yes, I have three because I couldn't decide. Okay. The 
first one is Dread Nation by Justina Ireland. Okay. So a book I read a while ago was Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. And basically it follows Abe Lincoln throughout his life and vampires exist, surprise. Um, <laughs> surprise, vampires. And so I've been on the lookout for other books that have like kind of like supernatural revision into history. And so, fun fact, I bought this book after running a 5k. What? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cool. Um, so, this was, yeah, this was the first thing I did afterwards. We went to a coffee shop and it was there and I bought it. Anyway. Well, it looks pretty cool. So what, what is it about? So it's about a, a young girl named Jane McKean. She was born two days before the Battle of Gettysburg, 1863. And so, at the Battle of Gettysburg, the dead began to rise. So, zombies. So, wait a minute. Zombies during the Battle of Gettysburg. Yes. Okay. The Yeah, all the I'm dead following. soldiers rised up and started eating the other soldiers. Oh, no! So, the Civil War came to a screeching halt because there are bigger problems to worry about. Yeah, most definitely. So, yeah. So, basically, in this alternate America, zombies exist. I'm only like 200 pages in, so I can't speak for what happens in the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. But so far, it sounds like it just came to a halt for now. And so, yeah, Jay McKean was born to a wealthy white uh, plantation owner woman and presumably a, an African-American father who is not around. We haven't men- He hasn't mentioned it all. We don't know what happened to him. And so basically, the government passed something called the... Negro and Native Reeducation Act that require those children to attend combat schools to protect the the white Christian people. <laughs> so it's it's a really like bleak and dark picture for her, and this is kind of her only way to like earn a living. So we will see what happens to her. But overall, so far it's it's a fantastic book. And yeah, I think if you're a fan mm-hmm. of Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter or Pride and Prejudice and Zombies or anything in that, you know, genre, you would probably love to read this book also. So it's kind of taking, it's taking 1800s, you know, slavery and plantation culture and everything like that and Mm -hmm. putting a supernatural twist to it. Yeah. That is really, that is really cool. Yeah. It's really interesting. I'm interested in this book. I I love, when you're done with that, you should, you should give it to me. You can, yeah, you can borrow this. Yeah. Well, it's kind of passed around. (laughs) Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. I wonder if there's an audio book. Yeah, Pro- on Libby, that's six months out for the ebook and the what? audiobook on Libby. So. Also, I don't know if there was any confusion with the last episode or few that we talked about Libby, but like, I I love Libby. I just want, <laughs> I just want to say that I again. I think that was made clear. <laughs> I just, yeah, you stated that out. Uh, but I want to, I, every episode, I just, that was me clapping. I love Libby. Continue, Emily. What's the next book you have? Okay, so the next book I have is A Promised Land by Barack Obama our former president. This one is close to 800 pages. It's very large. Okay. And it's only the first one. There's another one coming. <laughs> so oh, wow. a lot of material. This follows basically from the beginning of his life to the ending is at the end of his first term. Haven't gotten that far yet, but... Pretty hefty book. Yes. But so far, I've really enjoyed reading about it. Him and kind of like the internal like the internal decisions he was making, you know, whether to run or not. And I also really enjoyed, I guess first, so 
His inauguration, January 20th, 2009, was my first political memory. Like, it's the first memory I have of American politics. Mm -hmm. And so that's just really, like, nostalgic almost. I was a first grader, and we were sitting in our classroom watching the smart board. And so it's just really interesting to see it from his perspective because, like, he was the guy actually doing it. And then also I really enjoyed at the beginning, you know, he's talking about like his rise in Illinois politics, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting to me because I know a lot of us forget that he started out as, as in a senator. Yeah. He was in the Illinois Senate and the Illinois house, and then he moved up to U.S. Senator and then president. So before he was famous, you know, he was working in Illinois politics. Mm -hmm. So that was really interesting to me to hear about that. And what what is what is the last book that you've chosen for so us? So the last book uh, is called My Sister, the Serial Killer. Oh wow! By Oyinkan Braithwaite. She is a Nigerian novelist. So this is a book that takes place in Nigeria. It's about Korede. She's a nurse, and her sister, I guess you could say, is a serial killer. <laughs> the novel puts it. A Nigerian woman whose younger sister has a very inconvenient habit of killing her boyfriends. Oh! <laughs> so, so she's killed three times now. And I read this book, I think, twice because I loved it so much. But so basically, Korede, the main character, has to help her sister, Ayu, you know, clean up the mess afterwards. Oh <laughs> and, you know, try to make sure she doesn't get arrested and, you know, charged with murder. She's mm-hmm. trying to protect her younger sister. But Corette has a crush on a doctor at the hospital where she works. But so does her younger sister. No! No! So the story kind of goes can along. I see, can I see that, please? You know, like, will Ayula fall in love with him? Will they get together? Uh, will Ayula end up killing him also? <laughs> or will Corette, you know, maybe find somebody to love? So. It's so interesting. It's, yes, it's very interesting. It's it's very like dark humor. I thought it was very funny. I want to read. I want to. Are we gonna fight over this? Book right now? <laughs> are you reading anything right now? Uh, I have a lot of stuff to read for school actually, so you can go ahead and take that. I want to try and read this over the weekend. Okay. Because... Yeah, okay. it's only about I believe it's only two hundred pages or so. It's pretty quick. I'm trying to work through Wicked. That's, <laughs> that's been that's been a chore. Yeah. So it's a very quick read and. I think it's very fun and, yeah, very interesting. I really loved reading it. Good. Well, and we also have a quick book review from our coworker, Elisa. So, Elisa. Hello, my name is Elisa Rideout, and I am a staff member at Odell Library. I would like to tell you about the book, The Warmth of Other Suns, The Epic Story of America's Great Migration. Pulitzer Prize winner Isabel Wilkerson is the author, and Random House published this title in 2010. I am grateful to have read this book, for it has profoundly expanded my understanding of U.S. history and of what it has meant to be Black in America. A work of nonfiction, yet reading like a novel, it chronicles the decades-long migration of Black citizens exiting the South, seeking dignity and a better life. The journey is made personal by following three different individuals who travel in different decades, 1937, 1945, and 1953. This book is available in Odell's collection, 
I hope you find it an excellent read. So some important titles we put on our adult stacks in the past few months are The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison, How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kennedy, uh, uh, Me and White Supremacy by Layla F. Sad, The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, Raising Our Hands by Jenna Arnold, So You Want to Talk About Race by Ijoma Ulu, mm -hmm. Well Read Black Girl by Glory Edmund, and White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo. In the young adult section, we have books like The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, With Fire on High by Elizabeth Asudo, Say Her Name by Zelta Elliott, March by John Lewis and Andrew Aiden, and Biased, Uncovering the Hidden Prejudice that Shapes What We See, Think, and Do by Jennifer L. Eberhardt. We also wanted to spotlight some books that we had or put into the junior and easy sections. We put titles in like Hair Love by Matthew A. Cherry, Freedom Soup by Tammy Charles, books by Ezra Jack Keats, who has numerous books representing African-American children. So books like Snowy Day, Whistle for Willie, Peter's Chair, and A Letter to Amy. Daniel's Good Day by Misha Archer. And we have many biographies about famous African-American figures such as Jesse Owens, Harriet Tubman, Barack Obama, Booker T. Washington, LeBron James, Jackie Robinson, Venus and Serena Williams, Rosa Parks, and many, many others. So if you would like to check out any of these books that we have listed or any other books about people of color, you can either give us a call or email us or even search on our online catalog. Welcome to Tech Talk, the segment of the show where we talk about technology at Odell. So this is a common question that we get at Odell. Who do I talk to when I want to order books? Okay, so you can give us a call or email us with a book request that you have, or you could do it yourself by going to our online catalog, search.prairiecat.info. You'll see the home screen. You can input any book title or author or even a keyword into the search bar and find a book that you are wanting. After you find a book that you are wanting, there's going to be a little request item off to the right of that book title. Mm -hmm. You'll hit that button. It will bring you to a login screen. Your login is your barcode number, the 20201. And then it will also request your PIN number, which is the last four numbers of your barcode unless you have changed your pen. After that, it should bring you back to the screen that you were at. It will ask if you would like to change your hold pickup location. Don't do that. It should. <laughs> don't do that. It, don't. Will not, it will not send the book to Odell. It will send it to a different library and that would not be good. And we will uh, all be sad and we will feel bad that we don't have your book yes. ready for you. So it'll 
ask for your whole pickup location. It will automatically be at Odell. Mm -hmm. It will also ask you if you have a certain time frame mm -hmm. for this book. If you don't, don't worry about it and just push the little button that says request item mm -hmm. and you will have successfully put a hold on a book. Yeah, and we, we will let you know when it has come in either by email or by phone call and utilize our curbside services. We have those hours posted on our website and mm -hmm. on our Facebook. And if you need any help with any of this, you can just give us a call or email us. We're more than happy to help. So, up next, we have an interview with a very special guest to me. She was my former junior high reading teacher, Miss Melissa Nyborg. Hi, Melissa. Hi there. Thank you, girls, for having me on. I'm, it's a, an honor to be here. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Thank you. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us why Odell is important to you. My name is, as Chris has told you, Melissa Nybor. My husband and I have lived in Morrison for probably 45 years. And I taught school here for many years. And so that's just a little bit about my background. And the library is important to me for a lot of reasons. But when I was growing up, my dad was in the Air Force and I was an Air Force brat. And we moved every three years. And I was very, very shy. And moving every three years was extremely difficult for me. It was hard to make friends. It was, you change schools. It was hard to learn a new routine. But one of the things that stayed the same was that everywhere we went, there was a library. And even though libraries have different buildings and different layouts, they all have a lot of things that are the same. And so my mom, when we would move to a new place, after she got us in school, one of the first things she would do is take us to the library. And I loved reading. And I just remember being in libraries. I don't remember anyone specifically, but I just remember getting my books and checking them out and going home and, and reading them. And so for every move, that was a consistency. And for a person who loved to read, it was really, really important. So that's why I'm thrilled to be part of the Odell Public Library these days. That's great. That's a wonderful answer. So Melissa, what is your position on Odell Public Library's board? Well, I am a trustee, and but I happen to also be the secretary for the board. And so I take minutes and kind of just help with those organizational papery kind of things, you know, helping with the calendar, not doing the calendar, but just making sure it's up to date and, and that documents are kind of up to date that okay. pertain to the board. Okay. So what kind of things do board members or trustees do? Well, you know, I wish I could say we sat around and talked about books that we loved <laughs> and that we um, talked about really fun stuff. But the trustee's job is to, first of all, the most important thing we do is we hire the director. The director is the person that sets the mood for the library. Mm -hmm. And so that's the most important thing we do. The other thing we do is we 
worry about the finances of the library. Libraries are not well funded and so we have to make sure that money is spent wisely and that we are still meeting the needs of the public. We also work on long-range plans for the library. So it's, like I said, it's not all the fun stuff, it, but it's the important stuff. It's the stuff that keeps the library running and we are taking care of taxpayer money and uh, making sure it's used wisely. Well, that sort of leads us into our next question. Can you tell us what the board is working on right now? The roof. <laughs> oh, the, the roof. The roof. I've the building so is leaks. over 25 years old and things are starting to need to be replaced and the roof is leaky. And so we spend a whole lot of time talking about the roof at board meetings and helping Meredith, who's the director, with decisions that need to be made and, and things like that. So, but we are also working on, I'm on a committee that's working on bylaws for the library. The library has bylaws and those are the laws that are the rules that guide a lot of things in the running of the board, especially not the library so much, but the board. And so the bylaws had not been really looked at for over 30 years. And so there's a committee of board members and Meredith working on bylaws, so. Wow, great. What is, what, can you tell us your favorite part about working on the board? Working with people who care about the library as much as I do mm -hmm. and feeling like coming into this building and just feeling some kind of ownership of it because you know we're making important decisions and but it's also responsibility and i also love working with the staff the staff here Aww. at odell is just <laughs> the best i love you know i'm just heart sick that the library's not open yet for good reason but mm -hmm. it's just it's such a nice feeling to come in here mm -hmm. and just see people i consider friends and so that's the best part well we appreciate that for you. <laughs> thank you thank you so if one of our listeners is interested in being on the board, how could they get involved? Let somebody know that they're interested. That's really the big part of it. The, the Board of Trustees is appointed by the mayor of Morrison. The Board of Trustees, however, gives recommendations. So when there's an opening on the board, we look, we kind of go back and forth with names. And the last time we had openings, the staff gave input, the director gave input, we all had input. But we need to know if somebody's interested. If somebody's at home waiting for us to discover them, that's gonna take a while. <laughs> and so you can let a staff member know. You can let any of the board members know. The board members are listed on the Odell Public Library website. They can go to that and see if they know anybody or just let a staff member know that they're interested. Okay, so let's get into something a little bit more fun. <laughs> not that, no, not, not that this not, isn't fun. Not that this isn't fun. <laughs> but I think talking about books is a lot more fun than talking about finances. Finances. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Yes. <laughs> so why don't you tell us your favorite book or a book that you are currently reading? Well, you know, actually, with all the questions that you. I knew you were going to ask me. This is the one that took up the most space in my brain <laughs> because I don't have a favorite book. I have thousands of books that I love. But 
I'm also a person that reads multiple books at a time. Some people don't do that, but mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. I have a book I read before I go to bed. I have a book that I read in the morning with my breakfast. I have a book that, you know, is just, and a lot of them are not quote unquote important kinds of books. They're mm -hmm. just books that I read. And so right now I'm reading three books, but none of them has really grabbed me and I'm just reading them. They're fine. So I thought I would use this opportunity to tell you a book that I finished just recently. This was a book that we read for book club. It's called Eleanor, A Life by David McCallis. And it's a book that Odell owns. And it's like 500 pages and it's, it's a long, heavy read. And it's about Eleanor Roosevelt. And I would not have read it. I would not have finished it ever if it hadn't been part of our book club. And our book club's been together for 28 years, so I feel some responsibility to read a book if somebody's chosen it. So I read it, and it's nonfiction, very well researched with footnotes, and, and everything is backed up with first person accounts and things. And Eleanor Roosevelt was married to Franklin Roosevelt, who was a president of the United States. And then she was first, uh, she was the niece of Teddy Roosevelt, who was also a president. So she had, you know, so she had a name, but she had a really sad upbringing that I didn't know anything about. She, her father died of alcoholism. Her mother didn't really care to be raising kids. And so she was mostly raised by an aunt and, and had, I think, a really sad personal life but she overcame it and she married Franklin Roosevelt, who was a distant cousin. Mm -hmm. And she married him and I didn't consider their marriage great, but she took it out and I mean, she decided to be active. So she would get in her car and drive around and go talk to people, find out what the issues were and no secret service, just her driving the country and she did remarkable things, mm -hmm. absolutely remarkable things. She was such an important figure in our history. And, you know, we've lost that understanding of how important she was. But it, I came to admire her a great deal. So that was a book that resonated with me. Thank you. Now, this, is, this leads us to our final <laughs> question. Can you tell us any embarrassing stories about Miss Krista Mapes from her days in your junior high reading class? And if oh. you don't have any embarrassing stories, I just want to know what kind of student she was. Oh, God. You know, I saw that and I just laughed and I thought, wouldn't it be great if I had the best story in the whole world? <laughs> but I don't. Krista, I remember, just she she looked exactly like she does now, except smaller. Aww. And she has this great red hair and she was very very quiet and a good student excellent student so that's what i remember you know about her she you know she wasn't doing pranks or anything like that and, yeah. and stuff but she was an excellent student and as nice then as she is now i was didn't hear about any of that junior high drama stuff that some of the girls got involved in but <laughs> um, she was very much her own person and I appreciated that. So, Aww. sorry, Krista. You should have been naughtier, I guess. <laughs> well, I appreciate that you didn't have any embarrassing <laughs> stories, to be honest. 
Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for stopping by the library. It was an honor. And it was an honor to interview you. So, and I have listened to your podcasts and I appreciate what you're doing and, and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you for all that you do, Melissa. And we appreciate your work with the board and your time here today. Well, thank you. Our next segment is Ask a Librarian, where we answer one of our listeners' questions. So a question that we received is, is Odell taking donations right now? Emily. Yes, we are. We are taking donations in small quantities right now. If you have any books you'd like to donate, you can leave them in our outdoor book drop. Another great option is to put them in the Little Free Library at Kelly Park. Hey, is that your little library? Yes, it is. Oh, hey. It's located. <laughs> about that last time. <laughs> oh, I'm so proud of you for that still. It's located under the shelter near the playground. And books for any age are available there. So if you have any you'd like to donate, they'd be greatly appreciated. That's great. Okay, another question that we have is is AARP coming to do income taxes this year? So I can kind of answer that. I called them the other day and they are still deciding. So the the lady I was connected to on the phone, she didn't even know. They haven't heard from the people at the top. So she advised me to call back again soon. So I'll be doing that and we will make sure to update the listeners if we have any new developments. Okay, thank you, Emily. Yeah. If you have a question for Tech Talk or Ask a Librarian, email us at ask.odell.library at gmail.com with the subject line between the stacks or leave us a voice message on Anchor or message us on Instagram. And don't forget about the Instagram challenge. We have some really cool prizes and possible merch coming out soon. That's it for this episode. So tune in on February 15th for the next one. And until then, happy reading. Between the Stacks is hosted by Gillian Larson, Krista Mapes, and Emily Lenore. This episode was written and produced by Emily Lenore. Special thanks to our guests, Melissa Nybor, Elisa Rideout, the entire Odell Library staff, library board, and Friends of Odell. Thanks to all of our wonderful patrons who support the library, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Hey, it's Emily from Between the Stacks, and I'm here to tell you about a cool feature you might want to take advantage of. Our listeners can send us voice messages on our podcast website. If you have a question for Tech Talk or Ask a Librarian, have information about something we should cover on the show, or want to send us feedback, send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash between the stacks, and you may hear yourself on a future episode.